0: Saul was ravaging the church. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on in our study of the book of Acts today, moving into Acts chapter 8. And um, this is the build up to Saul's conversion in Acts chapter 9. And so there are many details of what was going on in the first century church that will be revealed to us as we read and study chapter 8. And today we're going to be tackling verses 1 through 3. So uh, thanks so much for uh, taking time out of your day to uh, listen and study with us, and uh, we're grateful for you. Um, And uh, let's set the stage for our time Uh, Reflecting on the Word uh, as we uh, go before the Father Heavenly Father, we love you today We thank you so much for your Word and its instruction We thank you, Lord God, for its life-giving truth And we believe, Lord God, that by your Spirit at work within us Your Word has the power to transform our lives It is our daily bread And we give you thanks for it Uh, Speak to us, feed us By way of your word, today we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Alright, here's Acts chapter 8, 1 through 3. Um, And this is a follow-up from the passage we read yesterday about Stephen's stoning. And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, "'Except the apostles. "'Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. "'But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. "'He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison.'" Uh, yesterday kind of left us on a cliffhanger. Um, we read of uh, the terrible details of the stoning of Stephen and it was apparent that Saul, who would become Paul, was present at the stoning. He was watching and not participating in it. But as the abusers and killers of Stephen were launching stones at him, they threw their jackets in the direction of Saul, who was standing by watching. And today, Luke tells us in one that Saul approved of his execution. Uh, While he did not necessarily participate by way of throwing a stone, his presence there and his not standing up for Stephen, uh, his not calling off those who were stoning him was a tacit uh, approval of what was taking place. And Luke confirms that. Saul approved of his execution as a result of the the activities on that day there arose a great persecution against the church luke tells us in verse 1 in jerusalem and they were all scattered throughout the regions of judea and samaria except for the apostles who stayed put in jerusalem now it's interesting to me as i read this verse this is acts chapter 8 verse 1 it is the inverse or it is the result of what jesus said to his disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it is this very act of persecution scattering the church into those places that would allow them to begin moving their witness outside of Jerusalem into these other areas. Now Jesus did not foreshadow that it would be suffering that led to them being scattered, into Judea and Samaria, but that is precisely what's happening here. I think that is a fascinating thing to consider. It is persecution that moved them out of the epicenter of their hometown Jerusalem and into these other areas. Uh, So the Christian faith was now not just uh, isolated to Jerusalem, but it was moving out regionally, and to Judea and Samaria. The apostles stayed back in Jerusalem to continue running operations. Um, but That's a fascinating insight that comes to mind today. Very interesting. Um, persecution has always pushed the church outside its borders into new places. And if we see persecution through the lens of what God is doing, Particularly here, it's easy to see that the scattered ones moved about the region uh, who still were uh, faithful disciples of Jesus and would faithfully pick up the work of the ministry of the gospel wherever they were, were now in new places where they could make new converts. amazing how God works through His Holy Spirit. In verse 2, Luke tells us that devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. There was a formal way of grieving that was a part of the uh, Jewish religious uh, life. Now, I don't know if this was the formal act of grieving or if this was a genuine expression of grief over the death of Stephen. I believe the latter is the truth, that these were Stephen's close friends, men uh, in the community of uh, the church who loved Stephen and were desperately brokenhearted over what had happened to him, grieving over him. In verse 3, Luke tells us that Saul was ravaging the church. This is the uh, biblical evidence we have of Paul's resume as the chief and most zealous persecutor of the church in the first century prior to his conversion. Saul was ravaging the church. He was going house after house, dragging men and women off and committing them to prison because of their expression of faith in Jesus Christ. This is like a guerrilla warfare tactic. This is the kind of stuff that we saw in the Middle East during the, during the Gulf War, during the um, War in Iraq, uh, going in house by house looking for terrorists and removing them from their homes and throwing them in prison. And that's precisely what Paul, what Saul was doing to members of the first century church, going house by house. Um, you know, there's an illustration that has been floating around in Christian circles for many years. What if someone broke into your home? and at threat of um, uh, killing you, uh, told you to renounce your faith, would you do it? (laughs) And uh, that's a hypothetical that most Western Christians wrestle with on some level, but um, until it's a reality, uh, we can't really conceptualize what that would mean. Uh, But the first century church could conceptualize it because it was their experience, They were being dragged out of their homes and thrown in prison because of their faith profession in Jesus Christ. We've not seen that kind of persecution here in the West. There are places in the world today where this is the reality, where pastors and Christians are being dragged out of their homes and churches because of their faith profession in Jesus Christ. We Western believers have not experienced this because the rule of law protects our right to practice our faith. But let us be mindful That the tide is turning, uh, even in the West, and our protections and our legal right to practice our faith may be subject to changing laws and changing cultural mores that would protect against Christians witnessing, perhaps, as a form of hate speech. Um, And I see that day coming. I made warning of this uh, during another part of uh, our study of Acts, but it seems apparent to me that the tide is turning in the West, and there may be a day and time when uh, we can be prosecuted for hate speech simply on the basis of sharing our faith with others. I think that day is coming. Well, my friends, these are challenging things, and we get a lens into the first century church through the book of Acts that really helps us see what it meant to be a Christ follower in the first century. This was no easy thing. If you were committed to Jesus, if you were a sincere, professing believer, you were subject to severe persecution and imprisonment, possibly even death. We can't relate to that, and I'm grateful that we can't relate to that in some ways, but I also think persecution has always made the church live and act like the church is supposed to live and act. Um, the The Western legal protections in some way have made us lazy about witnessing, have made us take for granted that we have these rights that protect our faith practices, and yet um, we're not as committed to um, witness as we could be uh, with all of the legal protections we have for practicing and sharing our faith. Uh, It's a kind of a sobering reminder for us. And may the Holy Spirit speak to us, convict us, and challenge us through these words today. All right, my friends, thanks for taking time out of your day to study. And I pray that this time has been fruitful and productive for you. God bless.